This weekend is Vision Weekend. Will you say that with me? Vision. vision. How many know that God wants to give you a vision? He wants a burning vision in each and every one of your heart. January 1st of this year, I woke up, and as soon as I woke up doing my devotions, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me, the best is yet to come. The best, how many can believe that today for your life? The best is yet, come on, go with me, the best is yet to come in your life, in your marriage, in your business, in your future, the best is yet to to come. There's one thing that every human must have is a vision. You must have a vision. I'm going to talk about that today. Let's pray and we're going to dive into the word. Just say this in advance, Lord, I forgive him. Because I may get offensive today. I don't mean to. I want to be kind, but I'm very, very passionate about vision. Are we good? You got your rocks way underneath the seat that you can't reach them? Amen. Let's go. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you that you want to put a vision in every one of our hearts and lives. And I just pray that you would speak. There, there's some here that this is going to be new. Some, it could be, as it were, refueled. Some could be old. I, I don't know. But I, I just pray for your Holy Spirit now to breathe upon us. The breath of heaven, the vision of heaven, God. Thank you for our guests. I, I just pray a special blessing on them today as they put up with me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said, I have a vision. I have a vision. We have a vision. Because Jesus has a vision. I have a vision. We have a vision. Heart of the City Church. Because Jesus has a vision. What greater vision is there than to have the vision of Jesus Christ? Let me read a scripture to you about the importance of vision this morning. You could call it a dream because it means that too. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. That word vision in the Hebrew, it means uh, you know, vision, eyesight. It means dream, revelation, an oracle, or vision. I want to talk to you about vision today. A vision for what? I believe that people, why, why should we have a vision? I be, believe that people who don't have a vision, they, they struggle with despair and confusion and depression. Why? Because... They lack vision. Every human being should have a vision larger than themselves. You got to have a vision bigger than your little life. You got to. I think you should have a vision that you would live for and a vision that you would even die for. Human needs a vision. Living for yourself is not a vision. That's called selfishness. God has a beautiful vision that he wants us to operate in. I want to talk to you about, first of all, the heavenly vision. I got five areas of vision of Heart of the City Church today. The very first one is this right here is souls. Will you say that with me? Souls. Imagine an ocean of people coming to know Jesus Christ. Now, that might be you today. You may be here and you may not know Christ Never known him like Connor was saying, intimate with the Father. That may be you today. Maybe you've walked away from Christ. But I want to let you know, it's for you. 
but it's also for an ocean of people out there that does not know Jesus Christ. We have seen many people come to know Christ. This year alone, at Heart of the City Church, we've seen 332 people come to know Christ or either rededicate their life to Christ. Now, that's just ones that we have paperwork on that came and filled out paperwork saying, you know what, I'm surrendering my life to Christ or, or getting right with Christ. Why is that so important? Jay, why you count? Why you count people? Because people count. I have no problem counting people because people count. Every person counts. You are always on my mind. You're always on my mind. Jail, you've sang that before. I'm singing it again this morning. Because people count. Every person counts to Jesus. And it's important that you and I are on the same page when it comes to vision, when it comes to the vision of the heart of the city church. Listen to this. What I think that burns in the heart of the Father comes out of uh, 2 Peter 3, 9. It says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but he's long-suffering toward us. Look, not willing that any should. Not willing that any should. But that all should come to repentance. Let me back up to the first scripture that I read out of uh, uh, Proverbs. What did it say? It says it out of Proverbs. But where there is no vision, the people go with me this morning. Wake up. Go ahead and elbow your neighbor right now and say, wake up. Go, go, go ahead. Just wake up. Wait. Everyone say, show up. You can be in church and not really be there. Your mind's over in the summer playing volleyball or something. Come on, show up this morning. Show up for Vision Weekend. Amen? Will you show up? Tell your soul right now, show up. Where there is no vision, the people... Look what Jesus says again in 2 Peter. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should. You know, what glorifies God is not people going to hell. What glorifies God is not people perishing. What glorifies God is people in relationship with Christ. That's what glorifies God. God doesn't speak out of both sides of his mouth like, well, you know, I don't care about these people. No, Jesus died for every man and woman that you will ever come across in whatever nation that you're in, whatever airplane that you're in, wherever you're working. He died for every one of those people, and he desires every one of those people that you see and works for you or you work with or go to school with or family member or friend. He desires that none should perish, not one. God's vision and passion is that none should perish. Listen to the, the word perish in the Hebrew and Greek. If you're new, new to the faith or maybe you don't know Christ, the Old Testament would be in Hebrew, the new would be in Greek. But I looked up uh, perish in both. They're so similar. In the Hebrew, it means to destroy, lose, be lost, lost. In the Greek, it means to destroy, perish, lost. Destroy life, loss, mar, perish. I have a vision. We have a vision. Because Jesus has a vision that none should perish. And I, I'm here to convince you to buy into that vision today. I'm going to do my best, but I'm going to believe in for the Holy Spirit to touch your life. Maybe some of you had, you first came to know Christ. Some of you, you know, kind of the embers have 
cooled down and the passions cooled down. I'm praying that God would birth a passion inside of your heart that would burn, that would change fears wherever you go, that you would be, as it were, passion nuts. <laughs> With a heavenly vision, Jesus births his mission, his ministry for this vision. I just want you to see today how near and dear this is to the heart of Christ, that I'm not just trying to convince you of my passion. I think my passion has been convinced by the Bible, by the Spirit of the living God, because of what Jesus' vision and mission was, what he lived, breathed, ate. You'll find those in the Scripture, even eat. His, his will was to do the will of the Father when they came to try to give him food. And even die, when you die for something, you value it big time. That's a, that's a, that's a big value when you die for something. Now, now, let me just walk with you a little bit through Jesus' life. I got five visions. I'm counting out. I'm just campus one because it blankets all. It, it, this vision, the souls and the lost, it blankets all the rest because it begins with that. You wouldn't be here today unless somebody invited you. You wouldn't be saved unless somebody preached the gospel to you. I'm so glad someone preached the gospel to me in 1986, December the 7th, that changed my life for eternity. Aren't you glad somebody preached the gospel to you? You may be here and you say, I don't know what the gospel is. Well, I think you'll catch it today. Look at the, the life of Christ, Matthew 4, 17. Jesus is coming out of the desert. What does that mean? He's been... He's 30, 30 years old, something like that. He's been raised a carpenter. Even his birth was miraculous. Now his ministry is about to begin. He's tempted 40 days, fasted 40 days. He comes out of the day. When you, when, when you do something, when it's the first thing that you do, I want to let you know that it's valued. He comes out of the desert and he says this, from that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus didn't just serve lip service to it. He began to raise others, birth the vision inside of them. He goes from there just two verses later, Matthew 4, 19 then he said to them, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. He didn't say, follow me, and I'll make you nice folks. Follow me, and I'll make you better people. Follow me, and I'll make you good guys. He said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Now, now, now can I just stretch you a little bit? I think if you're following, you're fishing. I think if you're following, you're fishing. I think that if you're following, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. If you're following, I think that you're, you're fishing. Now, I know that some fishermen are better than others. 
Some fish with one hook and some fish with a net and some fish with nets and all kinds of stuff. You know, you know what I'm saying? Some people have different giftings, but I want to let you know that there's one gifting that all of us should carry, and that's to preach the gospel, to share the good news, to see people's life come to know Jesus Christ. If you're following, you're fishing. Are you following today? Are you following? I'm just putting it out there. Don't, let, don't get mad at me. I'm just, preaching the, I'm just preaching code red scriptures of Jesus, what he said. Amen? Can I do that? Can I just preach code red what Jesus If you're following, you're fishing. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. What I'm trying to do today is, God, renew our minds that we would hold the same value that you would hold and to see the importance of what you've done or what you did when you were on the face of the earth because he preached the gospel and then he gathered disciples to follow him, to raise them up, to do the same. Look at Luke 10, 9. You want to see the mission of Jesus Christ, his mission statement. You might own a business and have a mission statement. You may uh, have just a personal mission statement. This was Jesus' mission statement out of Luke 10, 19. And the Bible says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. That's his mission. That's his mi this is what Jesus did on the face of the earth. See, he just didn't do this. He lived it. You could watch his life. A man values what he does, and he does what he values. You can get that in a minute. A man values what he does, and he does what he values. Not this. A man values what he does, and he does what he values. J.O., I just love my wife. Okay, all right. Do you take her on dates? Well, no. Do you buy her gifts? No. You like to hang out with her? Not really. I like to hang out with the guys. She says that you treat her like a jerk. Well, maybe. Well, I would have to say, sir, that you don't value your wife. That's a bunch of lip service. A man values what he does, and he does what he values. You can see it in the life of Jesus. He didn't serve at lip service. He came out preaching, but he also gathered disciples. Follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Here's my mission. We're going to seek and save that which was lost. And then he shares three parables in Luke 15. The lost coin, the lost sheep, the prodigal son, all about the lost. Those three parables were rebukes to men. Pharisees, Sadducees that did not have a heart for the lost. Oh, they had religion. Oh, I told you to forgive me because you might get offended at me today. You awful quiet this morning. But there's, there's fire in my heart when it comes to the vision of Jesus Christ and what the gospel has done in my life and what people, people don't know what they don't know. They don't know what they don't know. They, if a person doesn't know that they need Christ, they don't know what they don't know. But it, Jesus works with me and you in order to get the gospel out. He could have done everything himself. God did not set up the universe that way. He needs me. He doesn't need me. He's chosen to need me. He doesn't need you, but he needs you, but he's chosen to need you. 
every one of us, he works through men and women, especially when it comes to the gospel. Now, I'm going to say a word, and I don't want you to email me. I don't want you to text me. I don't want you to tell my leaders that it offends you. Are we good? Good. Our value system sometimes suck. I told you, don't email me. I don't typically use that word when I'm preaching, but I couldn't figure out a better word when it came to our value system. What do you mean suck? Well, if our value system isn't up the kingdom of God and our value system isn't like Jesus and our value system is the world and our value system is just more, more stuff and more material and more sad money and more, more, more. And me, me, I want to let you know that's a vacuum that sucks, sucks the life right out of you. You'll never have enough. It'll never be me will never be. More will never be enough. It has sucked the life out of you. That's a worldly vision. Jesus has a beautiful heavenly vision for you and I. How many of you know that we seek for what we value? Let me prove that to you today. You lose your keys. See, I don't need to say very much. You lose your wallet. You're in Spain and you lose your passport. Oh, you know exactly what I'm saying. We seek with what we, we seek those things that we value. These glasses right here, they're cool glasses. I mean, they're pretty expensive because they're, they kind of do that thing, you know, different levels. What is it called? Help me out. Bi not bifocals, bro. That makes me sound old. Huh? No, I'm serious. I'm, I'm, transition, baby. A transition. If you got bifocals, God bless you. I don't mean to offend you. They transition. If I ever do this on you, I'm just adjusting. Right? Right? You ever do that? Who's, who's got transitions? You got to just like, wow, I got to find that word. But listen, if I lose these glasses, I'm going to search for them because they cost me a lot of money. But if I have a 99-cent pair of sunglasses and they sit like this on my head and they're all scratched up and I bought them from the dollar store, I thought they were cool at the time. How many of you know if I lose these things, I'm not going to search for them? I'm going to be praising God that I lost them. Right? We search for what we value. How's your value system today? What do you seek for? There was an urgency in the disciples. You're here today because of that urgency. You know, if a, a house is burning down, and people are in there getting ready to die. You don't say, well, I think the house is burning down and people are going to die. I think I'm going to wait for the firemen to got, guys to come to do their job. No, you kick in the door. 
Why? Value people. Come on, we value people. Jesus, the lost, the hurting. Come on, it's a value filling me today. God, cause our value system to stop sucking the life out of us. Let us, let us take on the value system of Jesus Christ today. The heavenly vision. The heavenly vision. Man, God has a heavenly vision for you and I. You know what Jesus did in Luke 9? He released his disciples on their own to go and preach the gospel in the hill. One chapter later, Luke 10, he released 70 other disciples to go do the same thing. Come on, why? Because it was his value. It's the vision. It's the heavenly vision. It's our vision. Come on. This is what Jesus said to John the Baptist. John the Baptist said, go, go see if this is the, the one, the Messiah. See if this is the one. Jesus answered and said, go and tell John the things which you hear and see. Listen to that. The things that you hear and see. It wasn't just lip service. You could see what Jesus was doing. The blind see and the lame walk and the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Values. Can I share something for free? We'll never stop reaching, doing our best to reach the poor and the less fortunate. Always. We're getting ready to do single moms outreach. Not that every single mom is, is poor. I'm not saying that. But a lot are struggling. I've seen single moms carry two, three jobs trying to raise their kids. Come on, we're going to reach those who need help. You know, we have a kitchen back there that's not done. We hope to do it in our first phase, but we wasn't able to do it. It's in phase two now. I want to let you know if you have connections with uh, some kind of commercial kitchen stuff, you need to let because we need to get the kitchen up and running to get Father's Market running again. We've done it for years, years, years. I remember John Corkin right there. He's the one that birthed the Father's Market years ago when we were at Indiana Street. I remember um, Mindy just driving around with her kids in the van, picking up all the stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's a vision that we want to carry on because there's a need in our city, in our clothing closet. Come on, somebody. We're going to reach the needy. We were at UGM this week. They asked reading and I had to share. My wife just killed it. I was like, wow, just killed it. And we shared with them that in 2011 and 12, we received an offering from Heart of the City Church to UGM, $31,000, over $31,000 Heart of the City Church gave to UGM. Can you believe that? Why? Because it's a value. We want to reach... The hurting and the poor and the less fortunate. And come on, some of you remember because I dressed up like a homeless person and it really scared some folks. <laughs> when they introduced me, I walked up. Most people didn't know who I was and they were like, wow. I just wanted to see how people would interact with me as a homeless person. As someone, it was amazing. I'll never forget how people reached out to me. Hey, can we get you something to drink? Can we get you something to eat? And I stood beside one of our leaders and Everyone reacts differently. He went like this. He went. <laughs> something like that. Something like that. Everyone react differently. Jesus is getting ready to ascend into heaven after the birth and the life of Jesus. 
after the death, the cross, the resurrection. Let me show you my value, show you the value system. And now what is Jesus still preaching and teaching? He's getting ready to go into heaven. Live three and a half years of, of this value. And what's the last thing he, about one of the last things he says. And he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Yeah. See, Jesus lived it. He taught it to the day that he died to be resurrected from the dead. The mission at heart of the city church is to be a people after God's own heart. And how we're going to be a church and a people after God's own heart is to continue the vision and the mission that Jesus left. He began. He talks about in, in Acts 1. He began to do and to teach. That's the vision, you guys. Where's your value system? Answer. You, I don't want you leaving the service without answering that question to yourself alone. Where's your value system? What do you value? Not with this but with your actions. Is that okay to say? I think that loving Jesus and loving people, you know, God spoke to me right when we birthed this church that, J.O., I want you to go after a tithe of the city. And that's, that's like when we are like 20 people or something, 30 people. And it's like, you know what? We're not there yet, but we're still believing and praying for a tithe of the city. Now, I want to see the whole city. Can you imagine the whole city coming to know Jesus Christ? And everyone that you run into? Jail, jail, jail. That's impossible. Well, with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. You know, our, our, I think one of our major problems is that we dream too small. We think too small. God is so huge. God is so powerful. He told them that coming out of Egypt... They limited the unlimited God because they forgot. They did not remember his power. My God is powerful to save. He can save cities and he can save nations. He's mighty from Peter to Matthew, from Zacchaeus, all the way to the woman at the well. By the way, woman at the well, she gets saved and goes and preaches Samaria. He preaches to Samaria. Lift up your eyes for the, 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 the fields are white with reaping. Come on, all the way from Kathleen to Sherman, somebody, all the way from Honduras to Arizona. Come on, every school, every business from Asia to Idaho, from Samaria to Africa, from Plummer to Athol. Come on, from the East Coast to the West Coast, Mediterranean, you name it, this gospel must be preached. Never knew how much I really spit <laughs> until I got a black podium <laughs> I need something like one of those plastic things just <laughs> it's scary <laughs> somebody somebody come in here at you know church and they they think that they come to play a little religion in church we we don't do that here I'm allergic to religion. The things that Connor was talking about. Well, I'm a Jesus freak. But, so I hope you get used to me real soon. Why did God empower his church? Why did the Holy Spirit be poured out in Acts 1? And Acts began. And the book of Acts, guess what it means? Action. What, why? Well, 
Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. Look, in Jerusalem, everyone say Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene is our Jerusalem. In all Judea and Samaria, cross-cultural, other nations, and to the end of the earth. We can touch the earth out of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. How many of you believe that with me today? If you don't believe that, i got to let you know it's too late. We have the team. We have church planners now in Ethiopia. Seth and Makai plans on going back there in December with, with Eric. Uh, we, we're sending a, a church plant October, Lord willing, to Honduras. Come on. Out of court. Can you dream again? Can you dream big? Can you dream bigger than yourself? Come on. We, God empowered us. Why? To win the most popular award? To win a Grammy? To live a life of the rich and famous? To be the greatest athlete? There's nothing wrong with those things. But let me answer the question. No, 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 and no. He empowered us to be witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Do you know what angels rejoice over in heaven angels rejoice over one thing in heaven angels do not rejoice over your new puppy <laughs> angels don't rejoice over your new home your new car your new job your new client your business being the best business in the city angels don't rejoice over any of those things angels rejoice when one soul comes to know Jesus Christ, they party like it's 1999. Ooh, 2000, zero, zero, whatever. I, forgive me, I'm a kind of a, forgive me. Not really. They thought the end of the earth was going to be like 2000, zero, zero. Party like it's 1999. Come on, we got to say, we got to see people say because you don't know when they're going to die. It may be oops out of time. The American dream is not God's dream, heavenly. There's nothing wrong with the American dream, but it's not the heavenly dream. You know, Paul talked about the heavenly vision. He said this, therefore, King Agrippa was not disobedient to the heavenly vision whenever he testified before a king. And what was the heavenly vision? Right before that, he shares it, to open their eyes in order to turn them from the darkness to the light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Come on, God has a heavenly vision for Heart of the City Church. Why is it so vital that we carry this gospel on? Let me tell you the power of the gospel. One man or one woman's heart is changed, and that heart changes a family. That, that family changes a marriage. That marriage changes a children's heart. That child's heart goes to school and changes a school. That school changes a community. That community changes a, 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 a city. That city changes a state and changes as a nation and changes a... Come on. Out of one person, you can be a world changer. Every person that has the Holy Spirit living inside of them are world changers. But what do we do? We make it... We, we make it too small. We make God too small. Vision number one. 
souls. They'll never forget that. Did I, did I kind of drive that point home? If, if you didn't come in here adopting souls, will you, will you kind of think about that before you leave? Will you think about your value system and where you spend all your time? I'm not saying that you have to be a street preacher, but it's amazing the impact that we could have if we allow God to use us in the places that we work and the places that we visit and the places that we go in order in 60 seconds, touching people's lives. It could be a prayer. It could be an encouraging word. It could share the gospel. Come on. Amen. V2. Boy, I took about 30 minutes on V1. And I got three minutes for the rest. <laughs> V2, disciples, we have a vision. God has a vision. He wants every one of us to be disciples. I know that's not the, probably the most cultural, cool thing to say, disciples. I mean, that's an old school word. But what it, what it means is a wholehearted follower of Jesus Christ. <laughs> that, that, that hasn't never changed. Because it's going to take disciples in order to fulfill the vision that God has for the church and heart of the city church. Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go into all the world and what? Make disciples. All in, sold out, sold out, bought in, bought out. Come on. We're all in wholehearted followers of Jesus Christ. Change the world. Why? Because disciples lead. Disciples teach. Come on. Disciples live on mission. Disciples live on urgency. The disciples values the values of God. Come on. They do what they say and they say what they do. Disciples are wholehearted followers of Jesus Christ. They are world changers. Everyone say discipleship. Come on. I know it may not be the coolest word in the, in the, in the vocabulary, but it's still a powerful word. That's what Jesus went and did. He didn't call us just to be Christians or believers. He calls us to a level of discipleship because it's going to change the world because your values will change. It won't be, man, I just have this business so I can make money and be my family. And no, it gets way bigger than that, that you can see lives changed. V3. Everyone say city groups. Where everyone knows your name, everyone's glad you came, cheers without the beers. Where everyone knows your name, everyone's glad you came, cheers without the beers. If you know our motto, stand up, because we have, a have to teach it to everyone that doesn't know it. We have a lot of new people here. We need to resurrect our motto. Here we go. We got to look around. Hey, Bobby, get up here. Get, get up here. He's over our city groups. Here we go. Where everyone knows your name. Everyone's glad you came. Cheers without... How many of you remember cheers? Okay, well, kind of stole it from that, as you can tell. Where everyone knows your name, everyone's glad you came. Cheers. Actually stole it from another church that I fell in love with it. Where everyone knows your name, everyone's glad you came. Cheers without... How many of you are in a city group? Raise your hand. We're videoing you right now because we have a lot of people that need to get in a city group. Praise God. You got it, Bobby? Amen. Why? Because it's Bible. It wasn't just gathering on the weekend, 
but they gathered on the weekend or in the temple and they gathered from house to house. Listen to the scripture, Acts 2, 46. So continually daily in one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their fatness and simplicity of heart. They met in the house and they met in the temple. And guess what happens when you meet in the house and you meet in the temple? You fly, baby, fly. A healthy church. Why is city groups so important? Because of a Bible study? No. Bible studies are beautiful. I want you to do Bible studies. But it's that you learn to do community and get to know people around you. And you do life with them Monday to Monday. Did you get that? You're not to be a lone ranger, not just to show up on the weekend. God wants us to be a community of believers that's going to rock this world, walking with one another, offending one another, forgiving one another, learning how to resolve conflicts, all those beautiful things in life that you can stay at home like Jeremiah Johnson and never experience. City groups, city groups. If you're not in one, Go find one. Bobby, did you get those pictures really good? we got to track their names down and give them a call this week. <laughs> Just teasing. City groups. Number four. I told you I was going to get through these. I'm not expanding on them like I want to, but at least you'll walk away with the vision of heart of the city church. We fight with the whole family here. We fight, fight with the whole army here. We're not just a bunch of men club, and we're not just women club. You know, you become to some churches sometimes, man, there's probably a lot of, you know, ladies at that church, a lot of men. We fight with the whole army of Jesus Christ. We fight with men, with women, with young adults, with children, you know, from, from junior high, come on, all the way to senior high, from children's church to the elderly. We want the, the entire army engaged. It's not just about, uh, uh, it's, it, listen, it's not just, listen to this scripture, Galatians 3, 3, 2, 28. Galatians 3, 28. There is neither Greek nor Jew, Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you all are one in Christ Jesus. That's the Deborahs and the Davids. That's the Esthers and the Elijahs. That's the Ruths and the Rubens. That's, listen to me, that's the Priscillas and the Aquilas. That's the Annas and the Aarons. That's the whole army of God. We don't believe in babysitting. I mean, yeah, we'll watch your children. But we want them to engage and raise them up and cause them to be armed and dangerous. We have a pipeline philosophy. You get your kid in that pipeline, they'll go through junior high without sowing their crazy oats and senior high without sowing their crazy oats. Come on, we believe in fighting with the whole army of God here. Amen. Are you with me on that? Not just the man's club. But it's the whole army. We need the whole army of God. Number five, marriages. Marriages and families. I believe it's the absolute foundation of society. If you break down marriages and families, guess what? We're just going to be broke. And you can see what the devil is doing in families and marriages today. And we're going to do everything we can to strengthen. We have a no divorce zone philosophy here. Now, let me explain what that means because people, they start freaking out. Oh, yeah, I can't come to church because I've been divorced. That's not what I said. 
you're married now, and let's stay married. Amen. Stay married. My son has a small group, him and Makai, stand up right there on Tuesdays. If you ever want to go to their small group at 7, it's all about marriages and relationships. What time is it? 6.30? You, you correcting your daddy, huh? That's all right. Come here. I love my son. I'm a family fanatic, and I love my kids, and I love my wife, and I just want to let you know, 6.30 right there. If you want to get married this summer, we have on May 20th a, like, 9 to 3 uh, pre-marriage seminar that we're going to be doing. If you want me or one of our pastors to marry you, we won't marry you unless you go through pre-marriage counseling. We love you, but ain't going to marry you because it's a boundary we live with. Because premarriage counseling is so powerful. Mark Twain, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have that old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished of how much the old man learned in seven years. <laughs> we believe in strong daddies, strong mamas, strong marriages, strong children, tr strong church, strong community. Come on. We believe in strong family and marriages. Will you stand to your feet? Did you catch the vision of Heart of the City Church today? Amen. Amen. You may be here today, and listen to me. Just move around a little bit because I want you to move out of the seat if it's you. That you're here and you lost vision. You used to be on fire for Christ. On fire. And sometimes the world and sometimes even in church, people get hurt and they just lose the vision. They lose the dream. If you're here today living aimlessly and you need your vision restored, we want to pray for you right now. Would you just step out? These folks up here are just ready to pray for you. Like, man, I used to be just a Jesus freak. And man, I believed and, you know, and I just have lost my vision. I've lost the burning passion. I've lost, I've lost it. I just need someone to pray with me, to agree with me. Come on, if it's you, maybe you haven't never had a vision and this is brand new for you today. Man, come on, let us pray for you this morning. Maybe you've gotten confused in your vision. Maybe your value system sucks. And you're just like, man, I need, to, I need to get the value system of Jesus Christ. I know what it is. I just need to get in line with it. And you need prayer this morning. We want to we pray for you right now.